This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am here with a Hall of Fame basketball player, the purest shot you'll ever see, one of the best athletes turned actors ever, and really, in my mind, someone that has caught my attention as... This world is discussing some very interesting topics as someone that is Jewish. And I, I, I watched these stories of you and, and the Holocaust Museum. I saw your interview with Ernie, where you were talking about growing up on military bases and, and kind of what that gave you. Uh, I, I just kind of want to jump right in because I don't want to waste any of your time. Where, where did your curiosity about the Holocaust come from? And was it from being overseas so much? How did that even start? Well, I think there's, there's a little more um, involved uh, with, with my passion uh, for the Holocaust. And uh, I think it would take uh, sure. a lot longer uh, to discuss that, you know, very in depth. Uh, but I, I truly, my whole life, I've had this, um, this feeling inside um, my, my gut, you know, in dealing with people, other people. Uh, I've been around the world and you just see so many different, you know, ideas and ways to, to, to live life. And to you, the words that you use uh, to, you know, to express yourself, you know, in, in England, it's one way in America, it's another way. And I learned that it's just different and it's not better or right. worse. It's just different. And so I just believed, I've always believed in, in helping people out uh, more than trying to shun people away or try to, to, to disinclude them. And when I first saw Schindler's List back in 1993, that was when the movie just kind of slapped me in the face because I thought it was everything because I, even then as an 18 year old kid, I thought to myself, I was like, wow, what is wrong with people in the world? Like what is wrong with people that would do certain things, would say certain things, you know, how mean people could be to, a, to another person for no reason whatsoever, just callousness, like how people treat a waiter or waitress at a restaurant, like that waiter or waitress does not work for you. They're working with you to help make sure that your meal is the best meal possible. So I've always had this, this ability in my mind to to figure out how to make people feel better or special after they've left you or walked away from you it doesn't always work out the way you wanted to work out because some people have different intentions from you but watching schindler's list and and and, and learning his 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 evolution as a person from the beginning to the end and how him holding that ring up saying that if he would have sold this ring, it was like five or six more people whose lives he could have saved because he realized what this meant. You know, now sitting there, he realized how lives were at stake, like generations of people were, were eradicated uh, just because of hatred, you know, anti-Semitism, you know, prejudices, whatever it may be. And, and, and so I was like, wow, everybody needs to re watch this movie. 
right? That's what I thought from that day forward. Everybody needs to watch this movie. Everybody watched this movie. Scene with the girl in the you red know, dress. I mean, it had some, powerful moments. Yeah. Very. And and some people say, oh, no, I couldn't watch it because it's, you know, I just can't stomach it. I was like, look at all the kids that were killed. Like, you can watch the movie. You could stomach watching the movie. I just took my kids to Auschwitz uh, this past Thanksgiving. shoes? Yeah. yeah, they saw everything. And my eight-year-old, then seven, everybody told me that he was too young. He was, he was right there with the tour guide asking more questions than anybody because he was trying to make right. sense of this whole thing. We can teach our kids languages at a young age. But the world has happened already, and there's so many hateful things, so many bad things that, that have happened that have shaped this world to, to bring us to where we are today. And it's important that we talk about these issues so our kids understand kind of why we say the things we say, why we live the way we live. And so it, it boils back down to that ultimate premise of do you do unto others as you would have them do unto you? And then how, you know, I talked about this earlier, Martin Niemöller, First they came for the Jews, no one spoke up. Then they came for the trade unionists, no one spoke up. Then they came for the socialists, no one spoke up. And then when they came for you, there was no one left. See, you can you can apply any ethnicity, culture, or tribe totally. into that saying. And you know, my 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 position to every person that, that watches this, take your yourself out of the equation. And just speak up for someone who doesn't look like you, because at some point you're going to need that advocacy. You know, it's not just about, you know, you in this situation, you want somebody to fight for you. And right now in America, we want people to step up and say Absolutely. that black lives matter because it takes white people in America to step up and say that black lives matter. So we know that we count because I'm tired of seeing innocent young black people killed for no reason. And even if they aren't innocent, they don't yes. deserve to die. So it takes someone of a different tribe, culture, ethnicity to speak up and say Black Lives Matter. You know, Jewish people, you know, deserve, you know, to be treated fairly and just. Like, wh whatever culture it is in this country, like, we all have a place. There's enough room As for everybody. And the huge melting pot. And everybody These belongs. last few weeks have been um, a lot of harsh discourse, a lot of learning, a lot of people kind of looking at their words and realizing what they're saying. I was talking with Demario Davis of the Saints, and I was saying that when I went to Yad Vashem and I saw the propaganda of how, you know, they set it up in the beginning about how could people even think that these people were evil and you see the manipulation through the media. And I think now about, I mean, also, and then I equated it to the Jim Crow South and posters that would go up and movies that were coming out at the time. But I think about now and how information it's, it's so fluid and we don't even know if it's validated, but it pops up in our, on our feeds. Yeah. As someone that has dove into, into this history, how much does today impact your perception of like, people don't even, not only are they not learning, they're seeing images that kind of are reminiscent of some scary things from our past. Well, there's, there's an important exhibit at the Holocaust Museum, it's, it's at the basement level. If you go down the stairs when you walk into it, it's called the Americans Exhibit. And it's fascinating because when you walk into there, you know, for most of, for the, and this is probably three or four years old, but if you, 
if, if you've been to the museum before and you walk through the whole museum, it's about everything that happened in Europe. But now this Americans exhibit is everything that has taken place in America during this time. And so you see, you know, the, the it's, it's basically all about immigration. And it's so fascinating a because group for you all see of our the, issues because it couldn't be us. Yes. Yes. And but you see like the questions that, you know, things, the, the newspaper articles that are written and the, the headlines and, you know, they, 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 there's so many polls taken in America at the time and they're asking, you know, should America take in the Jews and like 75 percent of the people said no. And it was fascinating because I, as I was sitting there in this place, I said, is this 1933 or is this 2018? Yeah. Like, it's, it's fascinating because it, you just stand there and you say history is repeating itself. And it's scary because the reason it repeats itself is because the people that live in this country refuse to be educated on what happened and what's happening now and you, you can't be led by mm. false prophets. You know, people who, who preach hatred and division, you can't, you can't follow that ide ideology. You have to, you know, that should, you should run from that. When they tell you that somebody is better than the other or you need to keep these people out, like that is not the America that we know or we've known. You're right, it's, it's a good existence. canary in the coal mine to be like, this is taking me down the wrong path right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's danger. And that's what we, it's so fascinating to me that I sit here and I, I, I talk about the things that I have to talk about with people because of the, the, the ignorance and the, the, the lack of education and the fear that, that is pervaded through our society where people start to become so tribal. You know, it's only good for my people and, you know, we, we need to get these people out in America first. I'm like, for the history of this country, we've always been the leader in the world yeah. and people looked up to us. Like we're the, we were the big brother of every country and people admired us and wanted to be like us and now everybody's running away from us. When, when you do hear people speak out of ignorance and they're probably speaking out of pain and they're speaking out of fear, what do you think is society's best way of reacting? How, how do we treat reconciliation while also going, that can really spread some hate? What, how do you think, there's been a lot of issues and I'm just curious kind of how, how do you think is the best way to respond to an ignorant, hateful speech that maybe shouldn't have been? Well, well, firstly, we, we always have to consider, you know, the sources, you know, there are times when we just have to turn the radio off uh, because sometimes, you know, we, we have people out, out there that are, are preaching ideas and have no background and no education in that idea. And it's like, we're taking that person's word and we're like, why is this person saying that? Like, what, what are we talking about? Like, we, we, it's like, we, we get swayed right. so easily by somebody's, somebody's opinion just because they're famous. You know, you, it's one thing to listen to what somebody says because they played great football or basketball or they have great music, but you always have to, find out your own information based off of what you might be hearing that that person say, you know, do your own homework. But we've turned into a, a community of people that you take whatever someone's saying for a fact, and you're allowing that to, you know, it's like it propagandizes yeah. you. 
where you you start to believe this is what it is and you you, you know you become afraid of anything else and then what happens you know later on is you you defend it so much that as you get down the line you can't and undefend you, you, it anymore. you're probably not even you arguing for the same things anymore at that point you, yeah you're not but what you're doing what you're arguing over is you're arguing over your defense of it because you mm. can't be wrong now you know, you see this in government. People are just defending the indefensible because they don't they just don't want to be wrong. And they're on the wrong I side. I would of imagine history. that when you talk to people, you would hear this a lot. Wow, Ray, you're really passionate about this. Where does it come from? And I feel like in your head, you're going, How are you not passionate about this? Yeah. Yeah. This is it's like people say, you know, to me, you know, stop being political on your Instagram. I'm like political. I said, do the right things. I said, speak up for those that need to, you know, that don't have a voice or a strong voice, yeah. a strong of a voice. That's to me, it's about having a moral compass. It's about standing up for what's right. You know, I, I've had young kids say that they're gonna follow me because I say, don't listen to what the president says. Now, this was after he said, ingest Clorox <laughs> or bleach into your, your, your veins to, to now you laugh yeah, about that, it's but scary. it's like the, the, the man that's sitting in the White House says this to us. And I had to go on my Instagram and said, people, stop yeah. listening to the president and listen to your 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 university professors and the scientists, you know, those that have the expertise, that those have been working in and uh, for infectious diseases and contagions most of their lives, listen to those people. And you know how much hate I got. You know, I'm unfollowing you. You're a sheep. You're listening to these people. And I'm like, I'm not listening to anything. I, listen, these right. weren't my words. I didn't make this up. So when I'm telling you not to listen to the president, I'm telling you this to help you. Because I don't want anybody telling me to ingest bleach or Clorox or whatever into my skin to, to, to help with uh, oh. coronavirus. That's just irresponsible. So going forward, it's like, you know, the, the, I always say the radio is so loud, but it's like only a 1%, 2% of people that we're listening to. And then we take what they're saying and we let it bother us so much. Like it shouldn't bother us so much. Just turn the channel. If, if people don't like what I say on Instagram, just unfollow me. You don't yeah. have to make a, a, a brouhaha over it or just, just flip through. But don't let it weigh on your heart where you just can't move forward because it's just people talking on, on the internet. Like if the comedian says it, it's meant to be funny. If I say it or somebody else of note that has a, 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 a platform, it's right. just information and it's an opinion. It doesn't mean anything else. And we have to figure out a way to move forward and not let the atmosphere become so thick and heavy because somebody says something so bad. The president's words can change the stock market. It could change a lot. And he, he has to be more responsible in the things From that what you were saying mouth. too, I think people like to sit at home and then something happens. And instead of doing the research and instead of reading, they want an opinion to be presented that they can adopt as their own. And I think as soon as you give up your own voice and give up the availability to speak for yourself, you're powerless at that point. And I think, I think people's... Yeah. I don't want to say it might be laziness, but laziness is overtaking principle because it's just easier to be spoken for. Well, uh, to that point, if you think about, you know, we're it's the drive-through uh, window society, so we want everything to be laid out for us, so we don't have to do anything. It's at our fingertips. So now you look at social media, 
and you have all these different delivery sites that allow you to sit at home and they just deliver yep. whatever you need, whatever you want. Amazon and now Prime, they, all that. You want, yeah, you, people want their opinions delivered to them now because I, I get disappointed with, with every news station that, that I watch because all I want them to do is report the news to me. Don't tell me how I should feel. Don't tell me That's what you I stopped even watching think the news as a journalist. Because every show yeah. was an opinion show. Yeah. And I, I started just going to like YouTube and being like, let me get explainer videos or information. If I want video content, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to hear your opinion. I want to hear facts. Totally. Yeah. It's like sometimes they go in there and they lead people into what they should be thinking and what's going on. Um, and, and I think that that's dangerous. I think, you know, people we're, we're being propagandized and it's arming people you know, with, with agendas, you know, depending on what station that you, that you watch. And it's so important that you just, you know, if somebody said something in the news, just yeah. report that. I don't yeah. need a four person panel to it's now true. discuss what those, what those people talked about. Just report the news and then so, move on from uh, that. I'm doing the Tuesday show NBA on TNT. And this week uh, when we're recording this or doing the arena and they had a, anytime Kareem Abdul-Jabbar speaks or writes, I'm reading it because that guy is like, He's a, he's a wizard, and I, I love everything he says. Yeah, yeah. And then I see this morning uh, D-Wade, LeBron, I think it was Mello being vocal again. I'm seeing these, at, these basketball players commandeering all of their press conferences and going, we need to find, we need to arrest the killers of Breonna Taylor. To see this league that you gave so much to consistently be the leaders in sports for having a moral compass, does that give you a lot of pride? Or does more need to be done? It, it makes me, yeah, it makes me extremely proud because I, I don't want to really, you know, flip onto someone's Instagram page and I'm just watching them drive a fancy car. Um, you know, you think about the people that are following us on Instagram. Um, I, I, I truly believe people want to be inspired. You know, they want to, you know, figure out, they want to leg up. They want to figure out what, I, I love you, I support you, and you know, I, you give me encouragement, you give me courage to go out and do the things in, in this world that I can do on my level just by following you. I think that's what people, they, people want. And that, you know, our voices are so much more powerful now because of social media. And so it comes with a responsibility, you know, to, to speak up, to, to, to learn, to educate yourself and to have information. So when you do say something, you're speaking from a position of, uh, uh, research, you know, you know, it's not just your opinion and you're being stubborn and you're just kind of, you know, drawing a line to stand. You're like, no, I, I, I paid attention to everything that's going on. I did research. I understand who the players are in, in this whole fiasco. And, you know, this is where I stand and this is what we need to do to fight it. And, and more importantly, I think a lot of problems that we have, you know, so many people, you know, especially on, on Instagram, they come on and they want to be mad at you for your opinion. And I say all the time, like, listen, you, you're not from where I from, where I'm from. You love me, like me, whatever it may be, because I play basketball, but my opinion has been cultivated over now 45 years. I lived in two other countries. I've lived all over America. So I see things from a generic point of view. I'm not just thinking about what it looks like in my neighborhood. 
I'm not just thinking about, you know, people say, oh, what does it matter to you? You're rich. I was like, because yeah. this is not about me. You're, you're so worried about the messenger. You're so worried about me. And you're trying to like say, well, you're rich. Look at your 401k. Like you, you're, your economy is doing great. It's yeah. not about that. It's about helping people out that can't help themselves out because I have a platform. And that's what is, is, is brings me pride to see with a lot of these guys. You know, LeBron, you know, he, he's done a tremendous job of making sure that he uses his voice because he knows people. He has the ears of every person. If, if he's got 30 million plus followers on Instagram, you know, that is pushing out a, a message, a responsible message to so many people. Because think about those 30 million people have friends. I know that uh, growing up in the South, and we're going to wrap it up soon. I know growing up in the South gave you incredible perspective living overseas. I, I said this before and I'll say it again. It's the barbershop scene in coming to America where I was raised going black guys and Jewish guys always get along. Basketball, it was always the same. Yeah. What would be your message to both groups for people to realize that we need to come together and we're more similar than we are different? Very, very similar between both communities. We're, we're you know, we're, we're resilient uh, group of individuals uh, because of everything that we've gone through in our past and we've we've all had that moment where we've had to cleave to each other um, it's fascinating because I remember when I first learned the saying you know circle your wagons what that really meant but what what is circle the wagons mean so you circle the wagons is when you're being attacked you 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 gather yourself and your family and you bring it all together and, and oftentimes that's what happened in the past. Like people were being attacked and whatever wagons they were in, they were circling together mm -hmm. so they could protect themselves and, and huddle. And uh, I like to think that between the Jewish community and the black community, we, we, we both have been in those predicaments, you know, far too often than we would like uh, to say that we have been. And you know, anytime you go through something, you find a person that is way more resilient. Like, I, I love to see a person talk to someone who's been through something because you see it in their eyes. And, you know, they're, they're so much yeah. more down to earth. You know, I always tell people, you don't, you don't really learn anything when you win. You learn so much more when you lose because people are willing to sit there and think about how they could be better, how they could help, what they need to do for next time. And, you know, with that, that, that adversity, you know, that we've dealt with, you know, it's, it's almost like we need we need a black Jewish hmm. community center, you know, where it, it, it the Jewish community has done such a great job of of you know taking care of their young people and making sure that they're they have a place you know for their families and and existences and I think all over America that's what we need we need places where people could come together and and there's no you, you don't feel any prejudices and everybody gets along and you just, it just, this, this is who we are. You know, we, we, we bear our souls because I think so many places, you know, have become exclusive, you know, and that exclusivity is, is like, you know, keep these people out and keep this kind out. And I'm like, we need to figure out a way to, to include all people. Cause that's where, that's where you realize, start to realize like we're all after the same goals, yeah. like raise a family, raise kids, you know, 
um, you know, live the American dream. And the American dream is possible for everybody. You know, once you realize everybody's trying to do that, like, what yeah, are you It sounds like against? you're saying circle the wagon is just not your own. Let's get all the wagons circled. Yeah, like you're when you when you talk about those wagons, you're talking about you know a, a United Nations uh, of people inside of those wagons that allow for all of us, you know, in, in adverse times to come together and 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 help each other. Uh, because if you if you if you're helping each other in adversity, then who who are you fighting? You know, the, who is the war against? There's there you you actually you're actually fighting against a, a issue or a problem and not people. Because now all the people are on the same side trying to fight against a particular problem. It's very rare that someone could be so good at something and I'm more impressed with what they're becoming afterwards. Ray, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man, in a, in a, in a time yeah, where there's a lot of ignorance, man, to talk to someone that has done so much reading and, and soul searching on this, it is refreshing. So don't stop, keep it going. And thank you for sharing time, man, big time. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. The grind never stops. You know that if you're not learning every single day, then you're, you're, you're almost losing the ground. You're taking a step backwards. So we have to continue to educate ourselves. Thanks again, man. Yes, you are.